You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with us, and we appreciate that. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Game Plan. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter, Alex Goodwin TSM. Get on Twitter, Alex Goodwin TSM. Follow the show on Twitter, Game Plan TSM. T as in tacos, S as in sangria, M as in margaritas. Kennedy Miller, my man, the happiest man, probably on the face of the earth. How you doing, dog? I'm doing great. I mean, this has been a great week <clears throat> since Saturday night. Um, as a Lakers fan, as a LeBron James fan, I'm excited, man. I'm ready for this. Well, first we got to get through free agency, but I'm ready for October and November to start around. Absolutely, I understand absolutely before we get rolling into all the particulars of that, we got to let you guys know, got to remind you guys that the show was brought to you by our friends at Velvet Noir BC. Yes, sir. Top two. Not, Not two. two. Yes, sir. Velvet Noir BC. Holla at them again. You get three products for $30. Any three products. This beard co-wash, this beard oil, scented beard oil, and beard balm. Three for 30 or and remember this, Ken. Any orders over fifty dollars, your shipping's absolutely free. That's a great deal. I'm, I'm that everybody should capitalize on. You talking about great deals from Velvet Noir BC? Yes, sir. Also, the Los Angeles Lakers have made themselves a deal of their own. Kennedy Miller, you've been you've been excited about this since I, I called you last Saturday. You right. have not been able to stop texting me on the phone talking about it. Talk to the folks, Ken. Let them know what happened. If they've been living under a rock for the past week. Listen, so as you know, my Los Angeles Lakers, ever since LeBron James came, it was the expectation he was not coming alone. Although we did love the those young guys in Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, maybe whoever turned out to be the number four pick. We had to let him go. We had to let him go to get a top seven player in the NBA. And it's rare when that guy becomes available and asks for a trade. So, thankfully, Dale Dimps isn't in the New Orleans Pelicans office anymore. And David Griffin had to talk some sense into Gail Benson and say, hey, this is the best deal we can get. I don't care if you don't like the Lakers or you don't want them to succeed, but this is the best deal we can get. So, they gave us Anthony Davis. They gave us a top seven player. It's maybe one of the best trades that the Kawhi Leonard trade. When the Lakers got Shaq, even though he was kind of a free agent. When the Lakers got Kareem. Yeah. Anthony Davis is that good, ladies and gentlemen. He's that good. If you look at the highest rated player efficiency ratings ever, Anthony Davis is a top three in PER. Player efficiency rating. How efficient a player is. That is what LeBron James is getting on his team in his prime, 26 years old. Listen. I am excited. The Western Conference, the NBA really, is wide open. Golden State is wounded. Kevin Durant has a torn Achilles. Klay Thompson will be out till maybe March, February. Yep. It's time for the Lakers to take back the throne. And I'm going to throw this at you, Alex. Okay, talk to me. To start the 2000s, who won the championship? The LA Lakers. The Lakers. Uh-huh. To start the 2010s, who won the championship? The L.A. Lakers. It's about to be 2020, my friend. It's about that time again. You know, kid, I always say this about you. Yes, sir. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. 
I know you got your degree in journalism. Yes, sir. But damn, that was that should be on the shirt. I'm what what should be on the first shirt? Because free agency hasn't even started. June 30th, my friend. We're gonna be in the building. We gotta get that man with the cornrows that just won a championship in Toronto and say we need to have a shirt on the table just like this. And say, yes, we know the board man gets paid. Uh-huh. He gets paid at home. He gets paid at home. Okay. I say this, right? Yes, sir. Few things. Again, talk gave, to me. In that trade, they gave up for Anthony Davis. They gave up Lonzo Ball. Yes, sir. Josh Hart. Brandon Ingram. Can we just have a moment be- for for the loss of Lonzo Ball? I'm really gonna miss him. You can have a moment. I, I'm really gonna miss I Lonzo Ball next first. to LeBron James. Okay. One of the first teammates ever that both have triple doubles in a game together. Uh-huh. I really like the promise of them playing together, but I understood that he must go. Go ahead. I mean, I always said, Kennedy, if it comes to Anthony Davis, you got to give up Lonzo Ball, LaMelo right. Ball, LeVar Ball, Lucille Ball, Mama Ball, right. basketballs, whatever, to get Anthony Davis. But they gave up the aforementioned Lonzo Ball, yes, sir. Brendan Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four pick in this year's draft, yes. and a top eight protected pick in 2021, which becomes unprotected in 2022 mm-hmm. if it does not convey. The right to swap picks the Lakers in 2023, and an unprotected 2024 first-round pick that New Orleans can defer to 2025. Right. Right? So, one problem. One small, one small little problem. Yes, sir. Uh, so, if this deal gets done on July 6th, mm-hmm. the LA Lakers will not have maximum salary cap space to sign a, another star like a Jimmy Butler or a Kawhi Leonard or a Kimba Walker or a Kyrie Irving or anybody of that Ilk, right? Gotcha. Because Anthony Davis would be absorbing that space. If the deal gets done on July 30th, they'll have the requisite cap space. The Pelicans have no reason to, to, to delay this until July 30th because they would want to get that number four pick in the summer league and get, right. get them rolling. So they're, gonna, they're pushing for July the 6th. Rob Palenka, did Rob not know this? Like, that's the question. Can you now go get a third draft? Because they're trying to. Woj reported earlier today. They're trying to see what they can get from Moritz Wagner. Who are the other two dudes I ain't never heard of Mo before? Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, and basically whoever else is on that bench so that when the salaries clear up for free agency, the only people on the cap will be LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma, I believe. And so when you – I get it. Uh-huh. But I, I think the Lakers are in a win-win situation. I think they can win a championship both ways. If they okay. go and get a third guy and they have to fill it around, you know, veteran minimum guys, minimum guys. You look at LeBron's past and where he's been, Miami, Cleveland, it's been big threes, and we fill it around guys who will take less than probably what they deserve, and they come and play, preferably shooters. It's It wasn't hard for guys to come to Miami. You know, over those four years, they got Shane Battier. Got Rashard Lewis, Michael Beasley, um, all these cats. He goes back to Cleveland his first year. He brings James Jones with him, Mike Miller, Sean Marion. He gets Richard Jefferson. They get Kyle Korver, Channing Fry. Like, and that's to Cleveland. Right now, imagine, Cleveland. imagine if we got Braun and AD in LA, where people already go work out in the summer. Half the half the league got houses out there already. They're in LA or Houston most times. Right. So it. 
And if you don't have the money, and if you want to go and just fill the team out with role players, uh-huh. that's fine. Because I'm intrigued by the role players that are out, i.e. Brooke Lopez, i.e. Patrick Beverly, i.e. Darren Collison, Seth Curry, okay. Tabo Cephalo. People can make an impact on a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's a fair point. For me, the thing becomes this, right? If you cannot get that second player, right? Right. The question becomes, at LeBron James's age, can you can even the best player on the championship team? Yes, sir. And it's it. This is a unique year. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you all good. You good? No, this is a unique year because the overwhelming favorites the last four years are injured. They're wounded, and the Western Conference is wide open. And if Kawhi Leonard leaves the Raptors, will the East be wide open too? Because now you're looking at, well, Golden State probably won't be the number one seed. They'll probably be four or five. Then Houston, we'll talk about that later on, is in a, a state of dysfunction. Yep. Denver's still young. Yeah. Oklahoma City is now shopping everybody not named Russell Westbrook and Paul George, apparently. So we don't know what they're doing right now. So that leaves the L.A. Lakers. And with two top oh, oh. seven players, go ahead, go ahead. You forgot about one team. Who? Uh, you haven't mentioned the Denver Nuggets yet. No, I said the Denver Nuggets are still young. Oh, okay. They're still young. Michael Porter. I thought you said Portland for a second. I don't know why I heard I Portland. I think Portland is – I think they, they missed it. Their guards are too small. I mean, they were missing Nurkic last year. Right. They were missing Nurkic, and he was having a career year. Yeah. However, I don't think you can win a championship or truly be a contender with two six three guards. I, I just personally don't think it. But the West is wide open, which is why I think that L.A. needed to hurry up and make this deal. Because in sports – People try to copy the replica of success. Yeah. So we just saw a team take a gamble on a player that we thought didn't want to be there. Yeah. And he got them their first championship in franchise history. You don't think other teams would have said, oh, we don't care if Anthony Davis wants to be in L.A. So did Kawhi. We're going to make a trade and we're going we're, we're gonna to try and compete. But I think the the rarity of that situation is most times people are not going to do mortgage. I, I don't say mortgage. Like give up quality players because they gave up. Toronto gave up Demar Derozan, their most and loyal player ever. The, before Kawhi Leonard got there, their best player ever. Right, you could argue. They gave up Demar Derozan, Jakob Perlin, and a one. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think truth be told, because they, I kind of bristle at the idea of winners and losers in a trade. Right, because Toronto got a guy who won them a championship, and if he leaves, they won't bottom out. And San Antonio was able to get a guy, an all, a multiple-time All Star, who has who has some limitations, obviously shooting the basketball, right? But turning a very good season, like he, Demar Rose was really good, right? Right? And San Antonio won almost fifty games with basically a brand new roster, right? Mm-hmm. So there, that's a rarity to have like something like that happen. I think with Anthony Davis, I think what we're not, I think thinking about here, is you know. Frank Vogel, like new right. coach, LeBron, and, you know, all these, I don't want to say egos, right? But it's interesting to see, like, the cast of characters they construct around Bron and AD. If they can't get a third guy, Kuzma's probably going to end up being your third best player, right? Right. If you bring back, let's say, Tyson Chandler, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo. 
I would. I think the first priority in bringing back guys has to be Rajon Rondo. Okay. You look at what he and AD did. I think he probably should be the starting point guard. You think? You look at what he and Anthony Davis did. Rondo's last year in New Orleans swept Portland when Portland was a three seed. New Orleans was a six seed. Rondo and Drew Holiday put Damian Lillard and CJ in a chamber. And AD's game six, he had forty-seven points in the playoffs. People don't. People don't talk about that. Minus Boogie Cousins. Minus Boogie Cousins. People don't speak about that. I think it's fair to say that at this point in their careers, Anthony Davis is the best player LeBron James is ever going to be teammates with. Woo. Hot take, but Woo. I'm willing to say it. Who, as big of a Dwayne Wade fan as I am, oh, I love Dwayne Wade. I like, oh, like Third that best was shooting guard ever. But at the point in their careers, okay. Was he waiting his prime when they got there? He was falling off. Nah, uh-huh. he was falling off. He had the off. surgeries in 08, and then and he came back and he he led the league in scoring like 09 or something. He led the league in scoring you know, after nine, the um after the Olympic year. So that was a, 08, 08 09. In 9 10, he was still really really good. Right. And so 2010 2011, that might have been the last year you could have made the argument that it was peak Dwayne Wade. Okay, but he was falling off a cliff. After that, he stopped playing back-to-backs. He had no cartilage in his knees. You know, he he really became a shell of himself. Anthony Davis is 26 years old. 26. He's had some injury histories. Lengthy, but that I think some of that could be attributed to a horrendous medical staff. That's the point I'm making. Horrendous staff. They use the same staff for the football team, for the Saints. They They just remodeled. They got a new training staff because David Griffin is now there. And the Lakers got a new training staff as well. So, another reason why LeBron, I mean, why Anthony Davis came to play in L.A., LeBron, I want to see how you how you eat, how you prepare yourself. I heard you spend a <laughs> million dollars on your body. Let me see how you do things. I don't have no more crawfish and etouffee to eat no more. I'm in <laughs> L.A. I don't have beignets. no more beignets. Let me see how you train. You've been to eight straight finals and you have one injury? How does that happen? I saw Anthony Davis get hurt in warm-ups one time. <laughs> and, and he got hurt in shoot around before the game. Got ruled out. That's what I. This is a match made in heaven. Alex, you bring up a fair point about what they're going to do with the money, with the trade kicker, with the four million dollar trade kicker. I just think either way, with the the way the season is looking now, as I said in the beginning, it's still early. June thirtieth hasn't even approached, so free agency isn't really here. So there's still big moves to be made. But I think the Lakers have put themselves in position to be title favorites. And they're looking at getting Al Horford. That is an underrated, very good move. I'll say this. We got to go to break right quick, right quick. Because we have a lot more to get into. We, we forgot yes, to sir, we tell, every, tell the folks out there what we're going to be talking about today. Chris Paul and the Rockets dysfunction. Right. Mike Conley Jr. is going to Utah. Right. I almost say he's going to hell. I mean, well, it can't be much different. I don't know. But I don't know. Right. But two black people ever enjoy being in Utah? But two? That's that's going to be interesting. Yeah, like only people I can think of that would like Utah is like Carl Malone and that little Nas X guy. Oh, yeah, the Old Town Road guy. He, he, like, he, he would kind of enjoy himself down there in Utah. But got all of that coming up and more. This is the Game Plan Podcast. Don't go too far. Before we get back to the show and talk to you guys about the dysfunction going on with the Houston Rockets, we have to talk to you guys about our sponsor, Velvet Noir BC. Velvet Noir Beard Care 
products. You can get yourself any three products for thirty dollars. That's any three products for thirty of them things. We're talking about the beard wash, the beard balm, and the scented beard oil. And remember this, folks. Any and all orders over fifty dollars. No shipping. Free shipping. Three ninety nine. The low low. Again, any and all orders over fifty bucks. Your shipping will be absolutely for the free. Kennedy. Yes, sir. You're in studio with me right now. For the folks that cannot see my beard and what the Velvet Noir BC products have been doing to me, let the folks know. Just testify for me for one second. Let's Listen, let them know. Fellas, this is something that you need to go and grab right now. If you're trying to grow that beard out, it's moisturized. Ladies, if you know your man's beard is a little bit scruffy, it's all right. I know you still love him. But if the beard is a little scruffy and you know he needs to comb it and moisturize it a bit, Velvet Noir is the place to get it from. You go on and order it. Alex already told you the lovely details and the the clearances and all the prices. Just go ahead and knock it out. It'll change your life, I'm telling you. Velvet Noir BC. Top two, not two. Now back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the game plan. Alex Goodwin is my government name, or at least that's what my mother tells me it is. You can follow me on Twitter, Alex Goodwin TSM, and it's on Twitter, Alex Goodwin TSM. Follow the show on Twitter, game plan, TSM, T as in tacos, S as in sangria, M as in margaritas. Kennedy, my man, where can they find you on Twitter, my man? You can find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore again it's underscore Kennedy Miller underscore underscore Kennedy Mm -hmm. as in the former president John F and the former WWE wrestler Mr. Kennedy 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 Miller underscore all right all right also folks remember we have two sponsors for the show this week my main man Tahiri Jones at Keller Williams Realty yes for more info on housings bookings Listen to the whole nine yards. You can call him at 281-639-8964. Again, 281-639-8964. And also remember, guys, Velvet Noir Beard Care Products. Go to VelvetNoirBC.com for all your beard care needs. We have the beard oil, beard balm, and the beard co-wash. I'm going to find the comb in a hot second. All right, I'm telling you. All of your beard care needs, my guys at Velvet Noir BC have your back like Cairo Pratt. But, tell you who's having some problems? The Houston, Houston Rockets. Houston, we have a problem. And so, you know, two years ago, I'd like to say, I got on this very show, and I said, yo, the Rockets just traded for, James, for Chris Paul, comparing with James Harden. This sounds good on paper, right? but, 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 but. They've got kind of Chris Paul has a grading personality, to say the least. Yes. And James Harden had previously had issues with Dwight Howard, you know, gelling and meshing as a group. 
right? They're both ball-dominant guys. Right. So I said in my head, I said, you know, how long does it take for them to bump heads and for things to potentially blow up? Well, apparently, Kennedy, the answer is two years. Because it apparently may be breaking out over there, man. And so Vincent Goodwill of YahooSports.com reported that Chris Paul has demanded a trade, saying the relationship between himself and James Harden is unsalvageable. There were other reports saying they had not spoken during periods of time during the season for two months at a time that Chris Paul wanted to run more set plays and that he didn't just didn't want to be a guy just standing on the corner waiting to shoot the basketball. Other things that said that James, that Chris wanted to coach James while James kind of was bristling at Chris's, you know, suggestions and things of the sort about running more set plays, about getting more ball movement and things of the sort because Chris really couldn't even beat his own man. All right. So with all that being said, Kennedy Miller, my big question is this. And of course, they've denied all of this, right? Chris Paul spoke to Stephen A. Smith earlier and they said that, you know, there are no problems. You know, every, everything is fine. The whole nine yards. You know what this reminds me of? And, you know, I'm a big 90s rap fan. Uh, did you ever hear the story, Kennedy, of when uh, Suge Knight held vanilla ice outside of a uh, hotel window on a balcony by his ankles. Yes. Vanilla Ice went public with that story for a period of time. And then somewhere a handful of months later, he said, no, that never happened at all. You know, that, something like that never happened. You know, folks are prone to exaggerating things of the sort. Kind of what the Rockets are doing. Because on one hand, I tend to believe that nobody would put their name on a report like this if there wasn't any kind of merit to it. Right. And secondly, and then they come back out there and they're like, we don't have any problems at all. Everything is a-okay. We're fine. I tend not to believe that. Right. So what, so what is your, your, your biggest takeaway with the whole, with the whole issues of the Rockets so far? Listen, um, where there's smoke, there's gotta be a little fire. So I don't think as much as Daryl Morey and Chris Paul are refuting this, I don't think anybody would just randomly make this up with all these different reports that they don't like each other. You know, Kobe and Shaq denied it for a long time, and then they came out and said, oh, well. We hate each other. Yeah, there was tension. We did hate each other. And so, obviously, you're not going to deny it because you still got to keep your locker room stable if you're going to keep these guys. Chris Carter said earlier today, I saw a dude in my locker room getting knocked out. When the reporters came in, you guys have any beef? No, we ain't got no beef. We good. Dude got knocked out earlier. We ain't got no beef. That's how you have to keep the locker room. You can't go and say the media, oh, yeah. How would it look if Chris Paul said, oh, yeah, we got a problem. I don't like James. He don't like me. But we got to make it work. My thing is, I, I think both sides have a point. Chris Paul's side, I don't think you can win a championship the way that the Rockets have been playing. Now, I have been on record saying that the Rockets have only lost to Golden State these past two years. I think they've been the second-best team in the NBA these past two years. And I think that if not for a juggernaut like Golden State, they might be champions. I consider them the Sacramento Kings of this decade. With Chris Webber, Vladi Divac, very talented team, was never able to win the big one. Yeah. Saying that, I don't think that James Harden's style of play – can win a championship. And so I think that's where Chris Paul is is trying to 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 get at. 
Kobe Bryant said it earlier this year. He was like, no, because James is always in front of the defense. He's never moving off screens. You know, it, it's not easy looks that he's getting. He always takes tough shots. Works so hard for his he, baskets. He works so hard for his, and he makes it look easy, but it's not. And so what James is saying to Chris Paul is, hey, you're my teammate. You're not my coach. And maybe if you were five years younger and you could beat Kevon Looney off the dribble, then we wouldn't have this problem. Maybe if you weren't missing 15 to 20 games these past two years, we wouldn't have this problem. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Chris Paul has played 58 games. Both years. Both years. If you played in these games, if you played in game seven and, and game six, we might not have had this problem. We might be champions. But you look overweight. You look like you're not taking care of yourself. You built like a meatball last your year. Your hamstrings are made of rubber, okay? And you you can't beat the guys off the dribble like you used to be able to do. So I know why you want to run set plays, because you can't isolate anymore. So I understand what both sides are getting at, but we knew this was coming. We knew it was. It, look at Chris Paul's track history. Who who has he gotten along with? He ended up having issues, like you said. He ended up having issues with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan right. in L.A. He uh, was a man in New Orleans, but even then, he forced his way out. He's denied this report that he's he hasn't demanded a trade. But this will be the third team, if it's true, that he's forcing his way out of. It, but the thing is, and this, like, no, this is not true, anything like that. This is almost like I don't know if you have friends or you know. Have you ever seen, like, the parents or the friends of parents who, like, try to hold it together until the kids graduate high school? Right. And then as soon as, soon, like, graduation's on the 4th, on the 8th, somebody's moving out the house. This seems like what that is with the Houston Rockets because there's no way somebody's came up out of thin air with – they haven't spoken in two months. They didn't speak for two months. They're in right. Season. Nobody's like, making up this whole report. There is serious tension with the two of them. Like, somebody said – Harden came up and said, yo, this is him or me. Not out of like this is not out of thin air. And the biggest thing that takeaway I have from this is, yo, man, if you the coach, Mike D'Antoni, you kind of got to corral all of this, and you know, somehow do some team building exercises. Take maybe take them to like you know group therapy or something to figure this out. Because yo, neither of them is going anywhere. James right. Harden because he's one of the top five or six players on the planet, and Chris Paul because he is too old. Fat and slow, and his contract is too exorbitant for you to trade for him. So you stuck with Chris, right? And he, and they go have to. And the biggest thing that they go have to figure it out. I'm, I'm my fault about cutting no, you, you off. You good? You good? Is this is their chance? We thought their window had closed after what happened with Golden State and them losing in six. Right. With Golden State potentially on the rocks, with Kevin Durant missing a year with this Achilles injury, with Clay Thompson going to be out until potentially the start of. 2020 with a knee injury this is your shot your window just kind of opened up again not by any acts of your own but kind of just by you know happenstance you should be licking your chops getting ready to roll yet instead y'all they're over there arguing and fighting yeah i mean <clears throat> that's exactly what i was gonna say is that in theory you know at, at the end of the year when they lost to golden state in six there was a report that came out. Darren Moore was putting everybody not named James Harden available for trade. Then Kevin Durant goes down. Then Klay Thompson goes down. So now, like you said, their window is wide open again. And in theory, if they've been the second best team these last two years, they should be championship favorites. But then the report comes out with this dysfunction. It's like, where do you go from here? Because 
you're not getting anything for Chris Paul. You might get something for Clint Capella. Maybe. Eric because, Gordon and P.J. Tucker will net you something. Right. But you're not going to get anything that puts you over the top and say, you know, these Houston Rockets are, are overwhelming favorites to win the title. Primarily because of the way that they play. And because both of those guys with their contracts have not really lived up to them. Clint Capella had a nice year. But the last time I saw Clint Capella, he was useless. Draymond Green ate him up. Okay, Clint Capella couldn't catch the ball. And, and he couldn't and do that's anything. What so if you're going to trade a guy like Chris Paul, the only thing you're going to get back, if we want to take damaged goods, you have to take our damaged goods. So, like a Chris Paul, John Wall, like but they, they would have to take back a bad contract, right? You a have Ryan to take a bad contract, like a Ryan Anderson level contract. I've been seeing these things where they would get lottery picks for Chris Paul. I don't see that happening in any way. Not for that 35-year-old. Okay? And it's a shame because point guards don't age well. And we forget when Chris Paul was probably the best point guard in the league for probably five to six years. And when he was an elite-level point guard. But it was probably just him and Tony Parker right, right there. But as Isaiah Thomas said on NBA Game Time, Ever since he did that commercial with Steph Curry, where he was going down the elevator and, and Steph Curry was going, was going up, up, he ain't never been the same since. I mean, that's that's just the way it is, Rockets fans. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break it to you. I really would like to see the Rockets. Well, I wouldn't like to see them this year because another team got their sights on that that Western Conference championship and then the NBA championship. Who might that be? Denver. Come on now, cut it out. You know I'm messing with cut you. It. That, that joker can't run with that unibrow. He can't <laughs> run with him. Let's, uh, it, the Rockets are just in a really tough situation right now, and I don't know if they're they're going to be able to get out of it. I think they're just going to have to play it through. And I, I'll say this to you. It, I think the biggest issue that they've had, and anybody that's listened to this show for the past year, year and a half, I've said over and over and over again Yo, they shouldn't sign Chris Paul to a max contract. And like, they were they were hesitant. I mean, I've had people tell me the Rockets had to be a man of their word and this, that, and the third. And I'm like, no, you don't. You, the most I would have offered Chris Paul would have been a two-year, $40 million contract. That's it. Two, two for 40, right? So, so he, then you take, we, the, you take the risk of him leaving then. At his age, given his age, so then we, given the wear and tear, right? Because they need a better second option, right? At this point, Chris Paul is no longer the second best player on this basketball team. Right. As it currently is constructed, Eric Gordon is the second best player. You can make the argument that P.J. Tucker is number three. Like, the argument Clint Capella is top three. Right? Right. Like, we can make a serious argument that it's it could be James Harden, Eric Gordon, and then you can say Clint Capella and P.J. Tucker are three and four. Chris Paul could be five. Like, and that's not an outrageous thing to say. The biggest issue is you're saying that about a guy that you're paying an average of $40 million per year. If you're paying this dude this much money, he should not be your fifth best basketball player. How bad would would it have been had you let – you traded those three role players that are producing for the Clippers. Yes. And then say, all right, Chris, well, we offering you this. He's not taking it, and he leaves. So then your team is really in shambles, and then you're looking at the front office, and a lot of people would probably lose jobs. 
They still might lose their jobs now. Now. They still might yeah. lose them now. I mean, I think this is a classic Daryl Morey move to where he, in my personal opinion, he's looking short-term and not long-term. Like Chris Paul for a year was good, but long-term, is it smart to give up a quality player in Lou Williams, a quality role player in uh, Montrezl Harrell, a, your starting point guard in Patrick Beverly, and a one for a guy that's over 31 years old, has a injury history, he's undersized, and we know that point guards age horribly. Right. And you're going to do all of those things. As many of the numbers as Daryl Morey crunches and as much of a dork that he is, he still gave that dude four years and $160 million with a straight face. That's the part of this that I don't quite understand. That logically speaking, I understand, you know, folks that, well, they made a commitment to Chris. They said they were going to give him the max. Right. So, that, so he opted into that contract. But from a logical basketball standpoint, that wasn't a good move. This is why I told somebody this today. This is why the New England Patriots are as good as they are. They know when to cut bait. I'm not saying they should not have Chris Paul on the roster, but not paying him that much. Not paying him that much money to stand in the corner with his hands ready to catch and shoot the basketball. Because now you're in a situation where you like this offseason might be one of the greatest in history in terms of the people that are available and in terms of the moves that can be made. Yep. So I see a report earlier today where the Rockets are aggressively going to try and get Jimmy Butler. How? With what money? And I would really like to see Jimmy Butler on the Rockets. I think he fits what they do perfectly. He would be a secondary scorer that can guard other best players on other teams on the perimeter. I think he would fit with them perfectly. But how are you going to get Jimmy Butler with those two contracts that you got on that team? And Clint Capella. And Clint Capella. And PJ. Like, that's the part of it that that doesn't doesn't make a lick of sense to me because I said, because you're going to give up Chris Paul and who, 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 and I sound like an owl right now, who is going to take Chris Paul? That's the problem here with the Houston Rockets. And we're saying all these issues that the Rockets have, and they're still, like, on the floor, a pretty good doggone good basketball team. And given the issues with Golden right. State, like, the, we should be talking about the Houston Rockets as a team that has a reasonable chance to go to the NBA Finals. Yet we're over here talking about the best players cannot get along. So my and we got to go to break right quick because we got to get Cam Thomas on the phone. My biggest takeaway is this: folks saying there's there's nothing to any of these reports or anything like that. Okay, okay. One more metaphor. You ever seen somebody with like a bruise on their face? Like, yeah, I fell in the bathtub. I hit a pole. I fell down the steps. Mm-hmm. We know. We know. We know she hit you in the mouth. Right. I mean, we know you got hit in the like. It's like. Don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining. I hate piss, and I hate rain. And that's what Daryl Moore is trying to do. I mean, I don't know what to say, Rockets fans. I, I think I think your window, it should be wide open. It's, it's not. It's not. And we've known this from Chris Paul before. He's a very tough player to play with. He's president of Players Association, but that doesn't mean he's always the best teammate. That's all I got for him. We're going to leave it right there. Coming up next, Cam Thomas of the Takeover will be with us to discuss all of the happenings in the NBA, the Anthony Davis trade, as he is also a Lakers fan. 
Mike Conley Jr. getting traded to the Utah Jazz. All of that and more. Also, Kennedy, we got to bring it back. Social Media Bay of the Week is returning. Right. All of that and more. We come back. This is the Game Plan Podcast. Don't go too far. Before we get back to the show and call Cam Thomas on the phone, we have to, we have to let you guys know about my main man, Tahiri Jones, at Keller Williams Realty. Kennedy, my man. Yes, sir. You still at the house, right? Trying to find your first spot? Unfortunately, yes, I am. I have a man that can help you out. Let me know about him. My man, Tahiri Jones at Keller Williams Realty can get you your own spot, Ken. Where you just need yourself like a condo or maybe if you need a, yourself a duplex. I need something, man. Even if you just need yourself an apartment, my man Tahiri Jones will have your back. And even those folks out there who have a family and trying to raise that family with a white picket fence and the dog and live their best life, he can help you out too. For more information about bookings, showings, and housing prices, you can call my man Tahiri Jones at 281-639-8964. And that's 281-639-8964. His website, Tahiri, T-A-H-I-R-I, Dash Jones at KW.com. His work email, Tahiri.Jones at KW.com. Again, that's Tahiri, T-A-H, H as in home, I as in ignorant, R as in Robert, I as in ignorant, dot Jones at KW.com. Now back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the game plan. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin. TSM, get that's on Twitter, Alex Goodwin. TSM, follow the show on Twitter, game plan TSM. T's and tacos, S's and sangria, M as in margaritas. Kennedy. Yes, sir. Where can I find you, dog? You can find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore again underscore kennedy as in the former president john f and the former wrestler mr kennedy 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 miller underscore yes sir yes sir also everybody remember this show is brought to you by our friends at velvet noir beard care products you can get yourself the beard co-wash the beard balm and the scented beard oil all for thirty dollars any orders over 50 bucks your shipping is absolutely free. 99-830-313-9888. That is the telephone number. Joining us on the phone right now, he's one half of radio's most polarizing group, Cam Thomas of The Takeover. How you feeling over there, dog? Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've taken a few days to uh, take in the most recent uh, Laker news, and I'm still riding on a high as if it initially happened. Cam, <clears throat> we're in the same boat. You know, we, we both are, are Laker fans here. How did you feel about the Anthony Davis trade? Did you feel like the Lakers gave up too much? Do you feel like the Lakers are now title favorites? What are your overall thoughts on the trade? Now, as far as uh, giving up too much, um, I, what I thought was a little bit excessive was the uh, the pick swaps in like 2022, 2023, because what's going to happen is I already see it happening. The New Orleans Pelicans are going to draft LeBron James Jr. It's clearly set in stone, but uh, at least by the basketball gods anyway. Now, as far as title contention, 
Uh, I mean, when you got two top, let's say, seven players in the world, uh, I would be inclined to say that you are a title contender. Now, the biggest piece of this is going to be what happens with the remainder of the cast space. I I personally don't believe you need to go star chasing uh, because the Lakers have never had to win with three stars. They've always been able to do it with two. But what I think they should do is they should find some role players around these guys. Like, we don't need the... We don't need the, the, the six ball handlers anymore. Like, it's a proven method that LeBron James needs shooters around him. Him and Anthony Davis are going to attract a lot of attention from the opposing defenses, and rightfully so. So you need guys around him up to, like, the J.J. Reddick ilk, the, the Terrence Ross ilk, uh, those kind of guys that can hit threes. And, and also, you know, and I'm not going to say they're, you know, defensive stalwarts or anything like that, but they could at least be competent. Uh, but you're definitely going to need some guys to hit some upper shots. But, I mean, I'm going to hold my horses on title contenders for right now, give it about three weeks, and let's see what they look like after a couple weeks of free agency. I totally agree. Uh, what I said earlier on the show was I think in either scenario, whether they go after and, and try and form a big three or they just build around these two, with solid role players, I think they'll be title contenders just because of the way that the West is wide open. Houston allegedly is having some dysfunction within the team, and Golden State is injured right now. And so when you have two of the top seven players in the NBA right now, I think you should be title favorites if you can just fill that roster in. You said some of the pieces, J.J. Redick, um, you know, a guy like Brooke Lopez, Seth Curry, Patrick Beverly, you know, those are the type of players that you can fill this roster around and you can build a nice team. I will ask you this. Is Anthony Davis the best player that LeBron James has ever played with? This version of Anthony Davis, yes. Because if you want to go through the annals of history, yes. uh, I mean, he had Shaquille O'Neal, but that was well past his prime. He played with Dwayne Wade, but his knees were gone by the time LeBron got there. Uh, Kyrie Irving is a bad boy, but he ain't no Anthony Davis. So, I mean, if you just want to take it to a vacuum, yes, Anthony Davis is the best player. But, I mean, if you got a different version of Shaq or a different version of D-Wade, maybe this discussion will be a little bit different. But as of right now, Anthony Davis probably is at the top because he's getting him in his prime. I I totally agree. I said it earlier, and – Alex said that was a, Alex said that was a hot take, but you know I just think that with the way that Toronto won the championship for taking a chance on a guy that didn't necessarily put them on their list and winning their first championship in franchise history, I knew that a lot of teams would be going after AD to try and replicate that same success, and I'm glad that LA pulled the trigger. I didn't want to give up Lonzo Ball, but. You know, I understood that it had to happen. I'm glad that they were able to keep at least one guy, and they kept the guy that uh, averaged the most points in Kyle Kuzma. And so um, I'm I'm really excited about this season for for the Lakers and who else they're going to get. And me personally, I, I would have preferred them to keep Brandon Ingram. I was a Brandon Ingram guy, and I still am. I'm still going to watch his career uh, unfold in the Pelicans uniform, but that was the guy I wanted them to keep personally. But uh, as far as the other teams are trying to replicate the uh, uh, Toronto series, yeah, the thing is everybody doesn't have Masai Ujiri's eye for talent. Like the guy went and found Fred Van Bleet in the G League. 
and a bunch of late first-round picks like Pascal and, and you know, executing trades for some Mark Gasols of the world, getting Sergi Baca down there. You know, those kind of things that everybody can't execute. And the first thing was he had enough balls to go trade for Kawhi with no commitment. And a lot of people were scared off by Anthony Davis because of, you know, the whole Rich Paul thing. Again, we're talking to Cam Thomas of the Takeover here on the Game Plan Podcast. Uh, Cam Thomas, switching gears to the Pelicans side of things, given what the Pelicans got for Anthony Davis and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Harden, three first-round picks, how do you think this sets this team up to be good next season? Well, it just depends on how they fill out the rest of the roster. Because as of right now, for all intents and purposes, they don't have a starting center. Julius Randle has opted out. Uh, Drew Holiday still on the contract. So it'll be interesting to see if they go full-blown, you know, rebuild, or if they keep somebody like him around to be the veteran leader. And also probably it be the first option, if not second, on offense. It'd be, I, I'm interested to see what happens with that. But as far as that team goes, I think they'll be a really good watch for NBA League pass, simply for the fact that you have Lonzo and Zion Williamson. Uh, now, the biggest thing for them, it'll be what those picks turn into. Because for the foreseeable future, the Lakers plan to be in title contention every single year. So that pick is roughly going to be anywhere from, from 26 to 30, depending on how the season goes. Uh, that being said, I mean, at that point, David Griffin has to go be an eye for talent, which he's proven to be. Not that you can't do it again, but, I mean, nothing's 100%. So but as far as this year goes, I expect them to be a competitive team, uh, maybe similar to how Sacramento was this year make a little noise, have a couple of people thinking maybe we can make the playoffs, but at the end of the day, we just don't have enough top-tier horses to get us over that hump. Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on what they do with the picks. Kind of like you said, I like the Sacramento example. I think they will be a young, exciting team. You know, I think that Drew Holiday may get traded, but if you were to keep Drew Holiday, that backcourt with Lonzo and Drew will be – uh, devastating for, for other backcourts to come in there and, and play against them defensively. And then, you know, like you said, they don't have a starting center. They probably need a rim protector next to Zion. And so I, I think that's why the report came out that they were thinking about trading down, trading that number four pick to get, you know, picks eight and ten. You know, probably looking at the guy from UT and Jackson Hayes. He gets some, like, go bear comparisons mm-hmm. as far as being able to protect the rim, run the floor in transition. So I, I do think they still have some holes that they need to fill, and they're still fairly young, but I think they are definitely going to be a fun team to watch. Now, see, this is the piece I'm watching to see if it unfolds, because uh, I'm sure we've all seen the report where they, they, they've shown interest in moving up to number two to possibly take R.J. Barrett. So that would completely – I think that would throw the draft off, because for the Knicks, uh, now, what happens now? Do we need to trade up to secure RJ? How bad do you want him? Or do we stay here see if they trade up? If not, then we'll take him at three because John Morant probably goes too. So I, I think that's an interesting storyline to watch in the top three of the NBA draft is if they trade up to get RJ Barrett. Again, we're talking to Cam Thomas of the Takeover here on the Game Plan Podcast. Cam Thomas, uh, going to switch over to the Houston Rockets. Uh, reports from Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo Sports says that the relationship between Chris Paul and James Harden is unsalvageable and Chris Paul demanded a trade. Other reports said they haven't talked for about two months. Chris Paul and others have debunked said rumors and reports. 
Uh, Cam Thomas, what's your take on this entire situation? Uh, it's, this is a tricky one. So, uh, obviously, we see that there has been some uh, – the video has been out multiple times where James is sitting on the bench and him and, him and Chris Paul are going at it back and forth. It looks to be in an aggressive manner. But, I mean, when you have two alpha dogs like that, I mean, a lot of teams have had that happen. Everybody doesn't see eye to eye every trip down the floor. Now, the interesting part about this is that the things that come out uh, uh, about this story, that Tillman Fertitta has regretted the Chris Paul contract since it happened. James Harden doesn't think Chris Paul can beat anybody off the dribble anymore. Chris Paul didn't think James Harden moves enough off the ball. Like, all of these things are things that we knew before this story came out. We knew Chris Paul had regrets athletically. We knew James Harden is... As an elite of an ISO basketball player, he is. That's what he is. He's an ISO basketball player. And we all knew Chris Paul's contract was got off from the jump. Human Fertitta knew it. And there's no way that you can make me think that Daryl Morey didn't put the figures in front of Tillman's desk and say, hey, this is what we're going to offer Chris. What say you? So, I mean, you knew all this from the get-go. But when you traded for Chris Paul, he left money on the table and opted in to come to Houston. So you were almost... You you had to pay him, as, as a sign of good faith, the money. So it doesn't shock me that the duo wants to be divided because they just simply don't work together. They caught life in the bottle that first year, but they couldn't get over the hump because Chris Paul got hurt, so we'll never know what happened. And now you're trying to move his contract to, to who, who's going to take Chris Paul's contract with 38-41 and a $44 million player option left on it. I don't know. So, Cam Thomas, my, my, my guess is you, you, you assume that Chris Paul will be back in a Rockets uniform come October. I'm going to put it at about 50-50. I know Daryl Moore just threw it out there that he said, yeah, Chris Paul will be a Rocket. But we all know Daryl Moore is a wizard with the cap, with the numbers, with analytics. Uh, if he can talk some novice GM into taking that Chris Paul contract. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to coerce Phoenix into taking it just to put some asses in some seats in Phoenix. But I'm going to put it at 50-50. I'm going to leave it at 50-50 because Daryl Moore is a wizard, but also because that contract is just so goddamn bad. Again, we're talking to Cam Thomas of the Takeover here on the Game Plan Podcast. Cam Thomas, we have talked enough sports on the program tonight. We have not done this segment in quite a while. It's been, I want to say, since March, I believe, when we crowned the inaugural social media Bay of the Year. And it is time that we start our new batch of social media Bay of the Weeks again, Cam Thomas. So for this next cycle, who is going to be our... First Bay of the Week. Ah, the first Bay of the Week for this new cycle of Bays of the Week. Uh, I actually came across this young lady on, uh, I think it, yeah, it was Twitter. So I started following her on Twitter because she just came across my timeline, and she was absolutely gorgeous. But at the time, she had only posted a selfie. And then, so I just opened her profile up, and then, oh, my God, I was I, the social security number, the house, the kids, the car, the dog, all of it's not enough. So, like, I work for a Fortune 500 company. She can have my 401k. Like, that's how bad she is. And Alex, at this point, I'm not even going to lie to you. She's so fine. 
that she is immediately being inducted into the Social Media Bay Hall of Fame. What? It is. It is. It is. It is that. She. She is that sublime. Okay. She's absolutely incredible. Cam Thomas. Cam. Hold on, Cam Thomas. She's not. She. This is going to be her her induction. We're putting her into the Hall of Fame. She is in the Hall of Fame. All right, Cam, man. Give her what's, her, what's her Twitter name? So Kennedy can look at this for her himself. Her Twitter name is Jada Amor. So that's J-A-D-A-A-M-O-R-R. I give it to you again. That's J-A-D-A. Oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. We got it. A-O-R-R. We got it. Turn my brightness up. Oh, let's check. Oh, I saw this. Uh, yeah, I saw this. Yeah. She is all the way off the meter read. Yep. Whew. Mm. That, 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 is, that, is, that is cornbread fed, southern homegrown woman right there. That's thick like cold grits. That, that is it right That is that good jug right there. But you know who her body reminds you of, who her body should remind you of? It's just in a light-skinned form now. Okay, talk to me. Megan Thee Stallion. Mm. They have yeah. the same body. Megan's just taller. Yeah, Megan, Megan is a power forward. A stallion at that. Yeah. All right, Cam Thomas, give, give the folks her Twitter name one more time. One more time. Her Twitter name. Is Jada J A D A similar to Jada Fire J A D A Amor A M O R R is her Twitter name and Kennedy that is her Instagram as well because I know Alex doesn't have an Instagram Kennedy that's her Instagram bro go Thank ahead and hit the follow because that's where really all the goodies are at. Thank you, I appreciate it. All right, hey, anytime I can help out. All right, Cam Thomas, my man, we appreciate you so much for joining us, man. Let the folks know where they can find you on Twitter and all your other social media platforms. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Cam, like Newton, at C-A-M, and Thomas, like the choo-choo train, C-H-O-M-A-S, C as in Tom, S as in Sam, M as in Margarita. And, uh, hey, uh, Alex, me, and JT have been in negotiations with a worldwide leader. And uh, uh, our podcast will be coming back to their annals here in the very near future. All right, man, Cam. We got to talk about that and a whole lot more off the air. We're going to talk to you soon, Cam. All right, my man? Hey, hit my line. Y'all be good. Yes, sir. 830-313-9888. That is the telephone number coming up next. The Golden State Warriors with the team of the decade. Until they weren't. We'll talk about the Warriors' potential fall and all and all of that and more. We come back. This is the Game Plan Podcast. Don't go too far. Excuse the marijuana. Just trying to enjoy myself. We got some gangsters in the house too. Come on.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the game plan. Alex Goodwin is my government name. At least that's what my mother tells me it is, at least. You can follow me on Twitter, Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, on Twitter, Alex Goodwin TSM. Follow the show on Twitter, game plan TSMT, as in Tom Ball, S as in Stafford, M as in Mo City. Kennedy. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter, my man? You can find me on Twitter at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, it's underscore Kennedy, uh -huh. as in the former president, John F., and the former wrestler, Mr. Kennedy. 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 Miller underscore. All right. All right. Again, folks, the Game Plan Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Velvet Noir BC. Velvet Noir Beard Care Product. Kennedy, pass me that co-wash right there. Yeah, it is right here. Like I said, you get yourself that beard co-wash, $15. Mm-hmm. This beard ball, $15, $20. <laughs> and this scented beard oil, $15. And get this, Kenny. My man Roderick Foster is so cold with it. He's so solid. Right. He will give you all these three products, or any three products for that matter, for $30. Any three products for 30 bones. That's a great deal. Man. I'm telling you. Like, fellas... This will get your beard, have your beard looking luxurious, feeling nice and soft. Uh, fellas, even ladies, if, you feel, if, if your man's beard is dry, it right. looks like it needs some milk. Right. These three products in front of you will get you right. VelvetNoirBC.com. VelvetNoirBC top two, not two. Holla at him. Tell you who was top two and not two for the last five, six years. The Golden State Warriors. That's true. We could potentially say the greatest team since the Bulls of the 90s. Definitely, we could say the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. Mm -hmm. Five straight runs to the finals. Only team that had done that is the Celtics from the 50s and early 60s. But it all looked like that may be coming to an end. Kevin Durant, torn Achilles. Klay Thompson, torn ACL. Boogie Cousins, torn Quad. And he may not be coming back. So next season, potentially, of that core five guys, that big five, potentially, only Draymond Green and Steph Curry are guaranteed to be on that roster and healthy next year, right? And so the question becomes, you know, folks already raised the question, will the Golden State Warriors make the playoffs and this, that, and the third? Foolishness. I I'll tell you this right here, man. You got a guy who is as talented and as gifted as Steph Curry is. You've got a Draymond Green who so many people just, I think, people don't like Draymond Green because he's so uh, demonstrative. And, you know, he's just the guy, I think, who gets under your skin. He's kind of like Patrick Beverly in a way to where you love if that guy's on your team, but if he's not, you hate his guts, right? Draymond's a very good basketball player, and I would argue he's one of the bigger reasons why this team's been able to stay together as long as they have because Draymond does all the small things everybody else doesn't do. Draymond makes the extra pass. He's making that rebound, right? Setting that screen. If need be, can bring the ball up the court and get the break started, right? Yeah. So starting next season, they'll just have Draymond and Steph Curry. I think a Draymond-Steph Curry-led basketball team, if surrounded by, you know, decent pieces, knowing you're probably going to get Kev Kevon Looney's going to be fine. Right. Uh, they can figure that out. I think that's a team that can win 46, 47 games, get themselves a halfway decent seed in the playoffs. Klay Thompson should be back by February. 
If Clay Thompson's back by February, if they can hold on till about All Star break, I've seen they can win 54, 55 games. No, like, I realistically. Mean, this is a year where you could either put money on LeBron James winning the MVP or Steph Curry. Obviously, there's going to be some decline in the Warriors because they don't have two players, two of their top three players, three players to start out the year. But they still play the same type of basketball. And you have to understand that when those guys got hurt, it was only a detriment because of how the roster was constructed. But you think coming into free agency, how many guys you think are going to take pay cuts to play with the Warriors? You think Jamal Crawford would take a, take a pay cut? Well, not even take a pay cut, but go play with Golden State. For the minimum? For the minimum. Like, all they need is dip, people that can score. Because the problem that we that they had in the finals was Clay's hurt, Kevin Durant's hurt, Boogie's not the same. Who else do we have to score besides Steph? Iguodala's a great role player. Draymond's a great role player. But to ask them to give you 20... Is not their, reasonable. And create their own shots. And create their own shots is not reasonable. The way that Golden State plays basketball, though, is a match made in heaven for anybody. So I'm interested to see who they're going to go after, who they're going to sign. Because they're not just going to be like, oh, well, we got KD and uh, Clay, Clay is out, so we're just going to bring back Iguodala. We're just going to bring back the same core. No, you're going to have to retool you're gonna to have to get some new guys and they're gonna to have to fit into that system and i think with the way that they play basketball so unselfishly it's going to be easy to to get guys i mean people would take pay cuts to play there because i, I think golden state will get for the fourth or fifth seed in the west you know the, the only teams that i could say are better than them right now la denver Maybe Houston. I said that before the dysfunction, but I don't know. And maybe Oklahoma City will have a better regular season. Yeah. But, you know, now there's reports of them putting up everybody besides Russell Westbrook and Paul George on the trade block. So I don't know. I think one thing that's greatly, I think people don't quite think about is this Golden State team, they're a great basketball team. They've had for the better part of five years, Three guys who can go score 40 points at any moment. But let one of those guys get hurt. And you see, like, when Durant was out, again, that in that Houston series, and even in that uh, Portland series, in the conference finals, when they won the sweep, that was amazing team basketball they played. Right. Like, and I think folks forget that, like, in that first half of that game six against Houston, about a month back, Steph Curry doesn't score. That ball game was tied. No Kevin Durant. They got quality minutes and quality moments out of everybody on that roster. One through 12. Because it's so much unselfishness on the floor. Usually when you have top five players, they have a certain ego about them that Steph Curry doesn't. Sure, he he has some type of ego. But the way that he plays basketball which is contagious to the way that the rest of the team plays basketball, is that we're always trying to get the best shot. And most of the time we get it. And see, that that's the thing. There are teams that you could probably make the argument are nearly as talented as them, but the difference is 
the unselfishness, and the basketball IQ. I can make the argument that the Warriors probably have, I would say the Andre Iguodala is a top three basketball IQ player in the NBA behind LeBron and Rondo. Yeah. I would say that Draymond Green is a, a top ten basketball IQ player. I would say that Steph Curry has a high basketball IQ. I would say that Sean Livingston has a high basketball IQ. So now I'm naming at least five guys that are smart that are that are going to make smart decisions with the basketball. Andrew Bogut, Wiley veteran. Andrew Bogut was a smart basketball player, would make the right pass. Demarcus Cousins is a really good passer. And so it's like, okay, well, I got six I got six basketball guys, like basketball IQ guys. If I'm bringing them in, I don't even have to worry about the fit, like how they're going to play together. They'll figure it out. They're smart enough to you, handle it. You put six guys in a room, you give them a puzzle, they're going to figure it out. And so that's the thing. Like Golden State just has to get other players that can score the ball to help out Steph Curry while Kevin Durant is out and while Clay will be out till February or March. And they'll be like the fourth or fifth seed. They're going to play in a new arena. I think Steph Curry is going to be, you know, a preseason MVP favorite to take it this year. I, I think they'll they'll still be a competitive team. And I don't think any team right now, like even with Utah getting Mike Conley, that doesn't make them better than Golden State. It doesn't. Because when they play Golden State, Rudy Gobert is still ineffective because of the gravity that Steph Curry brings to the table. I think the biggest thing I think, I think Steph's gonna be able to hold the fort down long enough for Clay to get back. It's gonna take Clay a while to just totally get back in the game speed and be that Clay Thompson that we're used to seeing, right? What happens with Demarcus Cousins is also very pivotal because I uh, think the Demarcus Cousins we saw in the NBA Finals after he blew a tire in that Clippers series, like it was it it still hurts me to watch, like kind of that. Boogie Cousins has to work so hard for his buckets when previously he didn't have to. So if we have Boogie coming off of a torn quadricep, right, mm-hmm. who is not going to get that max money at this point. Like, if he thinks he'll get the, the four the four for 190. $6 million. One year, six mil. Give him six million? That's what I, I think. I saw a report that that's what they were, like, going to offer somewhere around that. Because I think with the Warriors, they can't go over – they don't have his bird rights, so they can't go right. over the cap to sign him. Clay Thompson, according to his father Michael, is going to is going to resign with the Golden State Warriors. For They're the both prepared to offer Clay and Kevin Durant five year deals. With Kevin Durant coming off that Achilles tear, I, I don't know if I can, in I good agree. faith, I tend to if agree. I would do that again. This is another situation we do a two for forty five, two for sixty. And we go from there. I, I think they're doing that because they kind of they kind of feel bad. They kind of feel bad that they might have rushed him back. Maybe not intentionally. Maybe not came out and said, hey, KD, you need to come back. But with all the noise that was around, all the articles written about Warriors players and staff questioning the injury. It's a guilt situation. You know, they, they kind of like, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll yeah, sacrifice this five-year thing. And, and we'll give you the money because we we realize that you might have lost a lot of money by coming back and, and trying to play for 12 minutes. Yeah. And, and going down for a year. And you're, you know, when you come back, what, you're about to be 31? Like, I mean, like, we, we always talk about LeBron, but this next wave of stars, Westbrook, 
Harden, Durant, they're nearing 30. Like, Durant, I want to say Harden turns 30 August 26th. Right. My birthday the day after. Let's go to Vegas, James. I went to Vegas last year. How was that? A blast. But we'll leave it at that because the saying is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Straight like that. But if they can, if they can bring DeMarcus Cousins back, somehow finagle the cap. Right. Whatever the case happens to be because they want to bring back Kavon Looney. I think as well they should because right. he, as he, the, he was very good. As it progressed, he was the team's best big man. And he's a smart basketball player too. De'Aaron Fox was on – I want to say he was on the Colin Cowherd show, and they asked him about playing against the Warriors four times a year. He was like, you know, I think the question that Colin asked him was, what is it like playing Golden State in a close game with three minutes left? He said, it's kind of like playing everybody else. I mean, they play the same way. They just got better players. Like, either they got guys, like, everybody that plays in the last three minutes, either they have guys that can isolate or guys that can operate in the pick and roll. They have guys that can do both. And the difference is they have smart basketball players. So even if an Andre Godala, a Draymond Green, a Kavon Looney can't shoot, they know exactly where to be. So, like, if I help off him, they know where to cut. They know what pass to make and then to cut. They know where to go in every situation. And that's what makes Golden State so lethal. Like I can think, just think about how many times we've seen them run that pick and roll. Draymond gets it off the roll, and then he lobs it up to Iguodala. Steph Curry effect, because I I have to double Steph Curry because he has to see somebody off the screen, and then Draymond is playing four on three, and then he's got the basketball IQ to make the right decision. That's gonna be the thing with this Golden State team. Like folks writing off Golden State entirely, not so fast. Not so fast in the least bit. And let's be like let quite like quite honest, let's be respectful. Let's be respectful. This Golden State team won seventy three games without Kevin Durant. And you you think about it, like even in this playoffs, like before the, the playoffs started, we were like, Oh, Draymond Green has washed up. Andre Godala's too old. Draymond Green lost twenty pounds for the playoffs to be ready. And then you saw it with what he did to Clint Capella and what he did to Portland. He was a big reason why Golden State won that series. Because every time he got the rebound, he's pushing the pace. Draymond was sensational in that Portland. He was sensational. He was the best player in that Portland series. He was sensational. Like, Golden State was down 17-plus points in three straight games. Yeah. Three of them. And they came back in every one. No KD. Only two scores in the game. And one, like, great role player. That's the part of this I think is going to be underrated. And also, folks saying, folks saw what Toronto did, you know, with sometimes double and triple teaming Steph. If we're talking just a regular game in like January, February, you know, November, December. Most times you're just coming up with not really watching any tape right. on the opponent. You're going to just play them straight. Like, it's not going to be a whole lot of, I would say, strategy, but you're not going to be employing a whole lot of just, you know, well, let's double this person, let's double that person, and playing the matchups or things of the sort. Mm hmm. Because it's just a one-game thing. Now, in a playoff series, those things start to, you know, become more of a factor. But just one-off, like let's say they just play in Orlando on the second out of a back-to-back. Orlando isn't going to, you know, employ all these sorts of take, all these sorts of strategy that a team like Toronto or a team like Portland or a team like Houston would run in the playoffs. They're gonna probably end up playing Steph and Draymond and the rest of the crew straight up. Right. And I mean, like other teams have seen that. Like other teams saw what Toronto did. 
but Golden State saw it too. So you think that we're just going to put the same type of lineup so that you can run a boxing one and you can double team Steph? No. We're going to get shooters. It's not going to be hard. We're going to get shooters. We're going to get other people that can put the ball in the basket. You look at that team that went 73-9. and nine, They were deep, man. That, I mean, that's one of the reasons because the starters could come in, and it could be a close game when the starters went to the bench, but then the bench plays a totally different way. And then they put up the lead by 15. When the starters come in, we push to 25. Then they're not playing in the fourth. You got people like Mo Spates, Leandro Barbosa, a younger Sean Livingston, a younger Andre Iguodala, you know, Festus Azili. All these, all these key pieces that played their roles and played them well. Yeah. I was also going to ask you the question. Uh, switching gears here because we've run out of time here on the program here. You know, uh, Mike Conley Jr., He's gone to the Utah Jazz in exchange for Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder. I want to say Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen and, and two two ones. Right. So where do you think this puts this Utah basketball team? No, I mean they're a playoff team right now. I would say maybe maybe sixth seed, fourth seed. I, I like the Mike Conley move. It's been speculated since around the trade deadline that Mike Conley would go to Utah. They need another playmaker, like you said, another guy that can create his own shot and create for others. And so I think it was too much of a burden on Donovan Mitchell. And getting Mike Conley, a steady veteran that has always been underrated, never had an all-star appearance, but always been considered a top seven, top eight point guard in this league. You know, you have now a core of Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And that – that should get you in the playoffs, and depending on the matchup, maybe the second round. And they still got uh, Joe Ingles. They still have Joe Ingles, and it's, you know, basically it's now like how else do we fill around this, fill roster? Around this roster? Because you gave away a starter in, in Jay Crowder, a young guy that could have been a role player maybe in Grayson Allen, and yeah. a shooter that they needed initially when they got him in Kyle Korver. Who might end up on the Lakers? Because Memphis, Memphis might buy him out. Exactly. So my deal with the Korver thing, right, I think it's extremely important. Like, Donovan Mitchell had, I think he regressed in some areas last season. And I think that's more so what happens when you you have a pretty decent year one. Right. You know, growth is not always linear, right? Like, sometimes you have to take two or three steps back to get right. two to three steps forward, right? And so, at times, Donovan Mitchell had games in which he was woefully inefficient, which I told guys, yo, man, this guy's a volume shooter. Like, kind of. Folks don't like me to say this, and you you don't you might not like this either. Kind of Russell Westbrook-y. Yeah, right. I, and and what we've said for the past couple of months, because you were you always brought up when is Donovan Mitchell going to get the Westbrook and AI treatment of being a high volume, inefficient score, and it it's starting to get around this time now. So now when you get a team that's really good enough to compete, because I understand if you're putting up a lot of shots. On a and bad you're team. not being efficient on a team where Rudy Gobert is your second player. Like, who else is going to create for you? Yeah. And that's that's the point that I'm trying to make. But now that you've got Mike Conley, a steady veteran point guard, and if you were to add another piece where you say, well, dang, Memphis is really good. I mean, Utah, excuse me, is, is really good. Let's see what they do in the playoffs. Yeah. And then Donovan puts up 30 shots and only gets and only makes like 13 of them. Then you're like, okay, well, this guy. What is he might, doing? Yeah, this guy might be inefficient. I don't really like his game, but for now, I we'll give him a pass. 
Because that first year, he came out, it was a surprise. He was drafted like 12th. Nobody thought he was going to explode his first year like like they did. And, you know, the second year, people have film on you. You're the lone scorer. We'll see what you do third think year. part of the hype the first year may have been, I don't know if the first person to make this point, might have been they needed some kind of the race for the rookie of the year. True. People needed some kind of race. It was never close. Ben Simmons was the best rookie that year. Like, yeah. it, it was, it was, it wasn't even a race by and large. So Donovan Mitchell kind of becomes like the person people rally behind, right? I think Conley is a, is a great pickup for him because it takes the pressure off him to create, to have the basketball in his hands. His usage rate is going to go down precipitously. I think Mike Conley will do. For Rudy Gobert, what Chris Paul did for DeAndre Jordan, Clinton Capella, what right. uh, Jason Kidd did for Kenya Martin, and Tyson Chandler, and for Chris Paul also did for Tyson Chandler as well. Right, like that big guy who just rim run and play great defense. Right, so when you have a guy like that, like Gobert, who's a dominant defender, right, Ingles who kind of fills in the gaps wherever you need him in the kind of Sean Marion s sort of way. You've got a team that's a solid. Four or five seed with a tough home environment. Now, the team, I know you've been dancing on their grave all week, Kennedy. The Boston Celtics. Kyrie Irving, we don't think is going back. Right? Nope. Uh, Al Horford was. Just declined his $30 million offer. And I'm not going to front to you. Al Horford must be a man of principle. Because I ain't no way I'm declining $30 million. I'm not turning down $30. Maybe not 30 cents. I don't know. But it turned down $30 million. Don't be fooled, America. Danny Ainge has all been a smokescreen. He's going to lose Kyrie Irving. He's going to lose Al Horford. And then he's going to come on and say how they almost got Anthony Davis. That's all Danny Ainge does. He comes out and he says, Oh, we don't want to give up that much to get that guy. And then they're going to talk about how they almost got him, but they didn't get him. They've been saving up since Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to get a blockbuster free agent, and they haven't moved the needle since. It's been six, like now that I think about it, yo, it's been six years. They over happened. they overachieved in the Isaiah Thomas era. They didn't think that was going to happen. They overachieved, got to the conference finals. I think won one game against Cleveland. They didn't win any. I, they got swept. They might not have won any. They got okay? swept. And then they traded and got Kyrie Irving for yep. two years. And Kyrie was hurt for most of that first year. They got to the conference finals, went to game seven without him. Most, well, I would say a lot of people came in this year, myself included, saying that I think <laughs> the Celtics might win the championship. They got to game seven of the conference finals. They come back this year fully healthy with two max guys. And they underachieved. They underachieved. And you look at the pieces, like I said last week, that Danny Ainge could have gotten over these past couple of years. Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, now Anthony Davis, and you haven't pulled the trigger. And everybody's known that the Celtics have had the most assets, and they haven't done it. And now you look up and your cross-country rival has LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and you're about to be stuck with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now, the thing is, of course, the last time we saw Jason Tatum, how, what was his three-point percentage? 7% from three-point range for a playoff series against the Milwaukee Bucks. As bad as Jason Tatum looked, right, in that Milwaukee series, 
young guy, 20 years old. Growth isn't always linear. I agree. Sure. But teams are now calling about Jalen Brown. Danny Ainge, what are you doing? Yeah, like my deal is this. And I always thought this. I said, yo, if there's anybody who I think should make a trade for like a Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or Jimmy Butler or Anthony Davis, you have to think about it and ask yourself this question. Are any of the guys that I'm trying to hold on to, any of these young guys, any of these picks, that may, will they will they ever turn into or approximate to a Kawhi Leonard, a, a Paul George, a Jimmy Butler? That's one person or a combination of all the guys we're talking about in a potential trade. If the answer to that is no, you give them up. Do you think Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown will equate to Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard? Jalen Brown, no. Jason Tatum, potentially. Potentially. Potentially Jason Tatum. Tatum is the only guy who I can be like, all right, I can see you kind of wanting to hold on to Tatum. Let me ask you this. You remember, I thought Tatum at 17 should have been the first pick in the draft. And let me ask you this. Okay. What is Jason Tatum's ceiling to you? To me, I think his ceiling is an all-star, like a perennial all-star. Okay. Like, I think he can be like one of those guys we're talking about giving five years $220 million to. Like, he's that kind of a play of, so, of a potential player. My ceiling for Jason Tatum would be a Carmelo Anthony. Not bad. Not bad at all. I would all right. say Carmelo Anthony is a top 50 player of all time. Okay. But my ceiling for Anthony Davis and in that team okay. pairing Anthony Davis with Kyrie Irving. Anthony Davis was a guy before the trade deadline approached and he demanded a trade was averaging 29, 12 and 2 and a half. Those were his numbers. We, I already said earlier, he, he's got the third highest PR of all time. Best power forward in the league. Yes. And so, although Jason Tatum will be good, we saw him working out with Kobe in the summer. He said he watches the detail. We know he can, he can score. He's very fluid with his movements. Will he be Anthony Davis? I don't think so. Kawhi Leonard, what did we see from him in the finals this year? He dominated both ends of the floor. Jason Tatum's a darn good young player. I don't think he's going to turn into no Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, like, do you think he can turn into a high-level NBA guy, top 10, top? I think he can. Right? He's the only guy I would have been reticent to give up. The rest of them, Rozier, like, they held on to Rozier, Smart, and Brown. For what reason? Like, them three and and two of those picks could go. Like, if they would have offered San Antonio that, I think San Antonio would have been like this. We can turn – Of course. San Antonio has turned water into wine they, before. They didn't They didn't want to take any teams in the West. They didn't want to play them four times a year. But they would take them – they would trade them to an East team, and Boston had better assets than anybody else. I don't want to bash on the Celtics, but it's about to be 2020. How many championships have Celtics won in 30 years? One. One. What a dynasty. Now I was about to say, Kennedy. Don't you bring up my Cowboys now. How many teams the Cowboys Don't won in the last Cowboys 30 now. years? How many have they won? Because we won, well, we won three out of four. What was the last, what was that last championship, Kennedy? In the 90s. In the 90s. What, what year? What in year? In the 90s. 90, uh. Were you born yet? No, I wasn't. You sure? I'm positive I wasn't born. <laughs> tell people what year it was. Before 97, I'll tell you that. Was it 94. I want to say it was, gosh, I used to know the years. I know it was before 97, 94. I think 94 might have been the last one. 
before Maybe. before Biggie Smalls Ready to Die album came out. Anyways, <laughs> the Celtics. I had to, I had to bring you back the down. The Celtics there. got a 2008 championship, and from '90 to 2020, they don't have anything else. That's all I'm saying. Why not? Why not go after him? Why not pull the trigger? I feel you. I understand. Jason Tatum is a garbage disposal man of Kawhi Leonard. That's what he is. Why not? I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded tomorrow. Tomorrow at the, I mean, at, at, at the NBA draft. That's a good point. We'll have to leave it right there, though. Okay. We are out of time on today's show. Kennedy, my man, bro, this has been fun. It has. I think this would have been one of our better shows we've done. You know, we've been doing this for a minute. You know, Alex, I'm spoiled, and I don't like to work that hard. <laughs> oh man yeah i've enjoyed it i've enjoyed it all right man let them know where they can find you on twitter you can find me on twitter at underscore kennedy miller underscore again under as in the former president john f and the former wrestler mr kennedy kennedy miller underscore all right, all right. Follow the show on Twitter at GamePlanTSM. Follow the show on Twitter, GamePlanTSM. Follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin, TSM. T as in Tom, S as in Sarah, M as in Mother. Got to give a shout-out. Thank you, Big thank you to Cam Thomas of The Takeover for joining us on the show, giving us his thoughts on the L.A. Lakers moves, also the Chris Paul drama. Right. Also giving us our first social media bay of the week. For this new cycle. We also have to shout out our sponsors. We got to pay these bills one more time. Again, folks. Velvet Noir BC. Hold it up, Kennedy. Velvet Noir BC. Top two. That's good stuff. Not to have your beard looking nice and luxurious. I'm telling you. Get yourself some three products for $30. Any orders over $50. Your shipping is absolutely free. $99. The low low. The low low. Top two, not two, Velvet Noir BC. But most of all, ladies and gentlemen, we have to thank you guys for hanging out with us and watching and listening, wherever you're listening, however you're listening or watching. We appreciate you guys. This has been the Game Plan Podcast. We will see you next week.